Welcome to I Didn't Quite Catch That on this week's episode. We'll be talking about Nick Mullins and the atrocity of a performance against the Philadelphia Eagles and previewing the Week 5 matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Also, analysis of Week 4, Week 5 matchups around the league, the good, the bad, the ugly, the juice, and more. Let's chop it up. Welcome back to I Didn't Quite Catch That, Episode 3, The Quarter, appropriately named because we are at the quarter point of the NFL season. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by his beautiful wife, Shay. That is right. (laughs) Hi, baby. Hey, baby. All right, just a disclaimer I am a little congested, I'm a little under the weather. Um, so just an FYI, I might cough, I might sniffle, hopefully not, but if I sound a little congested, my apologies, but I'm here and we're ready to chop it up. Yes, we are. You're COVID free. You weren't hanging around the Tennessee Titans facilities or anything like that. You should hope I wasn't. No, no. Yes. So we record this on Thursday night. We just finished watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. Um, what did I say to you this afternoon about that game? What what jumped out to me? That they almost switched the Bucks to the... I'm not using the right verbiage, and my husband knows this, I'm sure he'll correct me, but they almost switched the, the Bucks to become the underdogs. They were talking about how Nick Foles was going to go up against um, Tom Brady, like yeah. in the Super Bowl, and how that was going to play out. And they really made this whole thing... Also, there was the bad juju number yeah. of the yardage, the yeah. 666. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really kind of just talked about how strange that was. And then with how the game ended was yeah. even more peculiar. Yes. Um, so I thought the line was a little strange to me. It was... The the Buccaneers were only three-point favorites, which, okay, they were underhanded team. Um, I just thought it was a little strange. I mean, you can, you know, speak to the notion of, you know, Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, how he lost to him in the Super Bowl. Um, I just thought it was a little strange, but... Uh, so we watched the game. It was it was a fairly entertaining game. Uh, went back and forth for a bit there towards the end. Uh, Bears ultimately win 20-19. to Um... What was the the biggest takeaway uh, from from the game? For me? Yeah. Or for do you think all of America? I would, I would say everybody who watched the game. I couldn't believe that Tom Brady didn't remember his dance. That was so bad. I, I expect that out of um, a, a low-level college quarterback or something, but for Tom Brady to just not know... Baby, Nick Mullins even knows what to do. Yeah, for him to not know that was fourth down there, that was... It was embarrassing. But peculiar, because yeah. what, when does Tom Brady ever do that? He is always on top of everything. Yeah, it was, it was strange. <clears throat> and nor did he address Nick Foles when he left. No, he didn't. Um... That was that was strange also. And then they asked Nick Foles in the post game about it and he was like, Oh sure I'm sure we'll get together we'll down catch the road. We'll later. catch up down the road. Yeah, but sure. I just think it's so unprofessional. I mean, I know that Tom Brady is 
Tom Brady, right? You, yeah. He's untouchable. He can do no wrong, um, <laughs> except when he forgets downs. But throwing clipboards and screaming at your teammates, I hope every Buccaneer in that locker room is now yelling at him because I just think that's unacceptable. Well, I don't think that'll happen, but uh, I don't. I don't think, especially a Bucks team that's relatively young, if any of them are gonna find the fortitude to uh, yell, yell back at Tom Brady. But, I mean, he's – I showed you the video when we were talking about Bill O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. See, I – but I've never seen Tom Brady get angry other than, like, the clips on YouTube and then tonight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a little – again, the whole day was kind of weird yeah. leading up to that and then – by them to lose by one point. It was it was twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, it was. Okay, mm-hmm. correct. So that was just really again, just bizarre, the whole leading up to it. Yeah. To seeing the spread and I always look at spreads like that and then I'll I'll look into them a, a little too much. Um my my record thus far this year may speak otherwise, but um I just always <laughs> look into to lines that open in particular games and if it tells a story beyond um just the eye test so i i thought that line was fishy and uh turns out chicago won but uh it was it was a um an entertaining game for thursday night i enjoyed it it was good yeah it was all right i mean anything would be entertaining after what we've what we've seen this week you know indeed so let's let's get into that so home team advantage home team advantage um we always start with our San Francisco 49ers, shout out the squad. Um, so just to sum it up, just an absolutely embarrassing loss. Atrocity. At home on national TV to the Philadelphia Eagles, 25-20. to 20. Uh, The story just, it has to be Nick Mullins. He has to shoulder the lion's share of the blame for this loss. It's that's Nick pick six Mullins. That's my name for him now. I'm that is Nick pick six Mullins and two interceptions, one returned uh, for a touchdown and lost a fumble and then pulled in the fourth. So just again, an absolute atrocity. It was bad. An embarrassment. And I'm still not over it. I'm not either. I remember when we were watching it, I almost. I was pleading to you at one point. I was like, babe, he sucks. Like, it was painful. Okay, so in episode one of our podcast, um, The Kickoff, I had mentioned how arrogant he was. Yeah. Just even in the press conference. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Are you, Yes, I am. See? Um, No, so I did bring up how arrogant he was. And when we watched him or the 49ers beat the Giants. And he did his job safely, and, and thanks to Kyle. Yeah. Um, But when Nick and I, we it was probably like 20 seconds before kickoff mm-hmm. against the Eagles this week. And I was like, this is going to be bad. I just had a bad feeling. Yeah. Because I think the adrenaline really got to him, and the momentum, and again, his ego, people were really amping him up. You know, it's not like these, these I say kids, because... You know, I'm 33 and they're young still. Yeah. Um, But it's not like they don't read social media or headlines. And I think that his arrogance really got, I think it won him a game. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's going to ultimately be his demise. And I think he proved that. And I think he will again uh, this coming week. I, I agree. Um, I'm glad you brought that up about the arrogance. I, I noticed that in his post-game presser off this most recent game against the mm-hmm. Eagles. He was talking about the interception he threw before the half, which was absolutely crushing. You want to go in to the half there with some points. Uh, I believe the ball was on the Eagles' 14-yard line. Mm-hmm. you got to go into the half there getting three at at the minimum. Um, they were in a great position to score. He throws an absolutely horrid interception, and his sentiments towards that uh, in the postgame presser were just like, "Oh, it was something along the lines like it was, uh, you know, it was just an opportunity ball, and uh, I took a risk." Well, that's not the situation to do that. Um, and then another thing is, I think the opening drive just really set the tone. Ooh. Um, he missed Kendrick Bourne, and then he missed a wide-open Kyle Juszczyk on what very well possibly could have been a touchdown. And mm-hmm. after seeing that opening drive, it, it it set the tone. And they were visibly pissed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I said to you, I was like, look, like I was like, Kyle's giving yeah. him an earful right now on the yeah. sideline. I think we both kind of had this excuse my language, oh shit moment. Like before kickoff, we were like, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. This isn't going to be good. And again, his arrogance to the press, um, I don't know who his agent is, but call me if you need a new one because your your PR team's terrible. Yeah. Um, But again, the arrogance with the press, and I remember asking Nick because again, I'm fairly new at this, when some when a you know a a quarterback like a QB one or or anyone gets pulled, <clears throat> excuse me, can they go back to the locker room? Because he was standing on the sidelines, arms mm-hmm. akimbo, just attitude face, you know. And this is not some tough guy, who, you know who I, it, you know he I wears mean, oversized was, polos was, in Mississippi, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean he's not calm down. It, it looked more to me as pouting. Um, Really? Yeah. Um, that's even worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, here's the quote right here, Abbott. Uh, what he said as far as the interception goes before the half. It was an opportunity ball and a risky throw. Um, that that doesn't work for me. You throw that ball away, you live to see another down, and like mm-hmm. I said, at the least, you walk out of there with three into the half, and they were the 49ers were receiving the kickoff to start the second half. Um, it was... It was- it was embarrassing, and yeah. I do think I think that we can both agree that his arrogance ate him alive and destroyed the whole the whole team's momentum that yeah. we gained for I don't know what what did we get that back for one game yeah against the Giants, um, but no I'm still not over it and I'm just disappointed in the overall performance of the team yeah um. With the exception of Ayuk and Kittle, which I think... Yeah, George Kittle had a damn near career day. Um, He played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, But, I mean, it's just... Nick Mullins, was, I, I can talk about mechanically how he just doesn't make throws he needs to make. And then there's just a lack of awareness. You know, later on in the second half, we're up 14-11. He gets sacked, stripped. Yet another turnover generated by the Eagles... Um, it was a blindside sack, but Mullins just had absolutely no awareness of impending pressure. Uh, the Eagles score a touchdown off that turnover, and they retake the lead. That's terrible. It was it was terrible, and it was 
honestly a dreadful piss poor display by our offense as well. Um, I think Trent Williams probably one of the worst games of his career. Would you agree? Yeah, that was you know I I love Trent Williams. I've mm-hmm. uh, been a big fan of his. You know, dating back to his days with the Redskins. Um, and that was the worst game I've ever seen a him. Seasoned player. Oh sorry. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, absolutely ran down. A on. cornerstone at left tackle. I uh, was hyped when we got him, and he just got absolutely abused in that game, and it was it was shocking to see. I mean, I I, I know our offensive line has suffered a great deal thus far into the season, but I don't expect that out of him. Um, he's he's essentially the the elder statesman of our offensive line. So not to mention he's enormous. Yeah, he is. I That's mean, a big he's man. Enormous. Um, again. I'm going to go back to press conferences. Like, I, Nick knows I love to talk. I love to hear people talk. I watch <laughs> every post game. Um, so when we were listening to the press conference this afternoon, even Trent Williams seemed completely unfazed that he had quite possibly the worst game of his career. Yeah. Um, Kittle cracking his typical cornball jokes jimmy's so handsome um you know if we want to get to the playoffs still this year and it's almost astonishing to me that he'd even entertain that thought you know and i do understand that a poker face is sometimes necessary during a press conference or any kind of post-game yeah interview um you can't just come out and blatantly admit that you've been playing like JV high school at best. At, and that's at best. Right. Um, but where is the drive? I am so sick of everyone relying on Jimmy's return. Because Jimmy is not that's the glue a, anyway. That's a great point. They've that, been relying on it. Yeah. Um, so if you're, you can't rely on Jimmy when Jimmy sees an opener was dreadful as well. It's like the whole team needs an overhaul. And I don't know if it's Kyle. I don't know if it was the COVID camp. I don't know what it was, but everybody is putting so much pressure on Jimmy when he is clearly not an under-pressure player, as it is. Yeah. But you can't hang your whole team on Jimmy right now. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like, you know, aside from the whole revenge tour thing, and then when that got derailed... Uh, by by the injuries that plagued this team, it it seemed like the mantra was just you know win the winnable games and just stay afloat. Uh, we'll wait for some guys to get healthy, but they're not winning the winnable games. These are th- this this is the Eagles. Yeah, we had them celebrating out there like they just won the Super Bowl because we just put them well, first in their division. Yet, that, they had yet to win a game. They they tied the Bengals the previous week. That was the first game the Eagles won all year. And oddly enough, it put them at first place in their division. So I mean, granted, their division is, is, is lackluster at best. Absolutely. But the, the bottom line is the Eagles are a bad football team. Right. And they essentially had their way with us. Um, they, they basically controlled the game. Uh, Carson Wentz, I mean, it's, it's no secret that we've suffered against QBs who can move on their feet and extend plays. And it seemed like Carson Wentz just every time he needed to step the right way, danced out of trouble and just continued the drive. And it was, it was really frustrating to watch. I just, 
Nick pick six Mullins. I, I really just want to reiterate this again, maybe. Yeah. Two interceptions. One return for a TD. Yeah. Well, the, that one was... And ba- a lost fumble. Yeah, the the uh, the pick six was absolutely back-breaking. Um, it, it, it was the ugliest of ugly for Mullins. Uh, he, he throws a junior league level pick six. Um, and now at that point, the game is 25-14 and essentially all but over. I swear to you, I think I think at halftime he, he got confused and thought his, his team switched jerseys. Like he it really was, seemed it, that it way. Was, it, he was... Th- I mean... He wasn't hitting any of our guys in the numbers, but straight into eagle numbers. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. I think it was a great call uh, on Kyle to you know call CJ in, in the in the fourth. Yeah, I mean he had just he had seen enough, um, you know. And then CJ Beathard gave us uh, a little bit of life, but it was too little, too late. And also, you know, on that on that one drive, the Eagles were sitting back in a prevent defense, so he was able mm-hmm. to. You know, dink and dunk down the field a little bit, but um, CJ did. He completed he least, fourteen out of nineteen. Yeah, pass attempts for one hundred and thirty-eight yards. He at least put us in a position to win the game at the end by way of a hail mary. But there's no way we should have lost that game. It was just downright embarrassing. But I don't think that CJ did any disservice to us at all. No, so. 14 out of 19 pass attempts for 138 yards. Yeah. Didn't turn the ball over once playing 23 snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that disappointing missed opportunity uh, with, I believe, Ayuk. It was, yeah. Um, with an errant throw mm-hmm. in the end zone. But they are just working with lack of familiarity. Yeah, of course. They don't am I correct? Well, that's they don't why that's work. why I said to you live mm. when it happened um cuz you were like what what happened there right. with those two and I was like that's just, you know, lack of working relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just it's disappointing because there's so much wasted potential. And again, yeah. I think it's just such an awful mantra for the team to just be well when jimmy gets back well jimmy yeah. looks, jimmy looks handsome well jimmy's jimmy's ankle jimmy was running jimmy was this jimmy was that okay but then what this team has issues far greater than the rearrival <laughs> of jimmy garoppolo and raheem mostert but they I do believe do. that they, and I, I say they because even, even Kittle in his press conference today mm-hmm. um, was, oh, well, when he gets back, when he gets back, when Jimmy gets back, and yeah. he looks so handsome. And I'm one of those fans who I don't like when they laugh if they're not performing. You're yeah. making millions of dollars. Go do your job. Um, that, But that's just me. I've always yeah. been a fan. Like even, you know, obviously as a Mets fan, I can... I can I can say that as well. Um, you know, just growing up, you you start to forget. Yes, this is their job. Yeah, they come, they do the best they can, but they still go home and they have normal lives. But to us, it's like we yeah. really commit to this, and I'm just so angry at the way that they've been playing. Um, I think I was screaming at Nick this afternoon just when we were talking about what we were going to you know discuss on the podcast that I sounded like. Stephen A. I mean, I was really legitimately angry um, because I don't want the highlight of my football week to be Chief Keefe's baby mama 
her side piece, also known as uh, OBJ, <laughs> in a Browns uniform. Shout out Slim Danger. Get that bag, honey. <laughs> in the Browns uniform, which is fitting, allegedly. Right. But again, I, like it's just not the highlight of my week. You know, you think about Chief Keith and OBJ and his baby mother, and now that's the highlight of my football week. That's what I get to see on Red Zone. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, no comment? Okay, um, <laughs> I mean, shout out Odell Beckham Jr. Had a, his best game as a Cleveland Brown this weekend. Very good. Yeah. But, um, okay, so let me, let me move us into, well, well let's, let's put the Eagles game to bed. Um, <laughs> bury that. Um, okay. let's move ahead to the Dolphins here. Okay. Um, and I'm glad you said what you said at the end there. Before the Odell Beckham tangent, but that's this is what I have to say. This has now moved into a must-win game for the 49ers against the Miami Dolphins. It is a must-win game. Who just gave heat to the Seahawks last week? They did. They did. Um, it, it was just downright embarrassing. And then now you have the Dolphins come to town, and the Rams and Seahawks are creating a little bit of space in the standings. <clears throat> It's a must-win game. You have the brutal schedule on the horizon that features the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints. Um, I'm going to keep this very simple. If the 49ers can't beat this Dolphins team that currently has one of the worst defenses in the league, the season is over. Over. Um, I think that's being kind. I would say the season's over now because, again, squeaking by the Eagles. And I think it depends... Uh, they're saying that Mullins is starting. Kyle Kyle wanted to put in Mullins, correct? That's who we're going with it as look, of now. It looks to be. He's looking. trying to keep some poker face with the possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo playing, but it, it doesn't seem so. So it's it's most likely going to be Nick Mullins yet again, hopefully for maybe one more final week. Uh, I much. I mean, I understand why they're putting him in, and I think Steve Young had a big. Um, had an article written up today. He did an interview about why he would put Mullins in. Mm-hmm. Um, just for, you know, because he thinks Nick has more longevity than CJ. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I am not to comment on that. That is something I don't really have any CJ Beathard of. throws a better ball, in my opinion, <clears throat> just from just from what Excuse I saw. Um, I mean, I've seen CJ Beathard, you know, start some games for the 49ers in years past. Mm-hmm. I, I think he throws a better ball than Nick Mullins. Um, so who do you think the safe, safer, I should say? I mean, it, it has to be Nick Mullins just because he's been getting first-team reps over the past couple weeks. So that's what I would go with. Um, I, would Ky- keep, I would keep him on a short leash. Right. Will Kyle pull him sooner? I think so, yeah. Um, I think if he comes out the gate, um, he may get you know, one one turnover to keep in the pocket, mm-hmm. depending on how bad it is. But um, if things go south and they look to be heading south, I think Kyle will be much quicker to uh, pull him for C.J. Beathard. Because the Dolphins did give the Seahawks a run. They did. They did. Um, Which I was surprised by. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Um, also, I think a factor of that was it's the farthest trip um, between two NFL teams, Seahawks had to travel all the way from Seattle mm-hmm. all the way to Miami. Um, that does matter. You, do you think so? Yeah, it does. Yeah, the time change, definitely. 
Okay. Um, so it's it's just and there's there's some historical data to back that up to a sense. Not always the case, but it certainly plays a factor, I believe. This is why I'm the amateur and my husband's the professional. <laughs> I get jet lagged if I you know, fly to New Jersey on spirit. Yeah, so it's 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 a long flight and then the, the time change and everything, but um back to this game here, uh and just moving forward, and even so much so in this matchup, the problem lies in the fact that, aside from everything we've said about Nick Mullins, the offensive line is playing bad also. You know, really bad. Mm. That, in turn, has made it seemingly impossible for them to establish any resemblance of the dominant run game they had last season. It's led to almost an identity crisis with the team, an effective Kyle Shanahan offense requires running the ball to set up the pass. And another glaring weakness, and this can even be traced back to last season, I spoke on it before about Carson Wentz. Um, it, it's it's present even more so this year with a hampered defense, but quarterbacks who are mobile give us trouble. And I expect the Dolphins to rely on Ryan Fitzpatrick extending plays with his feet because that man can still scramble at his age. And you have to think about their mentality also going in to play the 49ers. The Eagles just took us out. Yeah. You know, they're going to go in there with full steam ahead momentum. Um, and I think that's that's a really big advantage for them. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, the the current rotation of running backs with McKinnon and Jeff Wilson Jr., they just haven't been able to attack any holes in a way that offsets the poor offensive line play. Um, and then, like like we talked about, is it's been hinted that Garoppolo and Mostert are coming back. I agree this team needs a major shot of adrenaline in those two positions specifically. Not in the Dolphins game. Not in the Dolphins game. No, no, yeah. no. Keep that for the Rams. Keep go. Keep keep going. I I agree in a sense. I mean, uh, but that's been my opinion from kind yeah. of day one to just rehab our our key guys. Yeah. Until it's really. Yeah, you know, I the mean, pressure is on. Richard Sherman eyes a week six uh, return against the Dolphins. <laughs> also, um, so we'll see. Um, you know, I I don't know really what to expect. Um, the Dolphins aren't a good football team defensively, but honestly, we look like after that game against the Eagles, we look like we belong in the cellar of the NFL. So, it, mm, mm-hmm. so I, I don't really have much of a prediction. I'm just going to hope for the best. That's where I'm at as a 49ers fan right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just troubling to me. I do. I, I mean... I don't think Debo's going to be in as well this week, correct? That's strange. Yeah, something about an illness, but not COVID-related. So, I, I don't know. They were this... saying that they didn't want him to have too much. Kyle was saying he didn't want him to have too much time on the field because, yeah. uh, you know, he's still kind of rehabbing. So, God knows why he brought him back for the Eagles game. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, I think I think you said it best. They, it's just, it's just going to come down to holding your breath and – Hoping we can make something happen. It's a must-win game, which is unfortunate this early in the season. Um, but it, it, like we said, you got to win the winnable games. We're not really doing that right now. These should be after last season, and even with like 
even if it's just Bosa and, you know, I I understand that the quarterback is a huge, obviously a huge piece, yeah. but it's the game. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. But it's when even our guys like Williams and it's like it that that really it it just it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I almost expect like a culture to even though we've been absolutely decimated by injuries more so than anybody else in the league, mm-hmm. it's almost like I expect the culture of of the team or the program or the regime, whichever way you want to word it, to carry us through this and here we are sitting at 2 and 2. I believe the game against the Cardinals week 1 was certainly winnable. Uh, we get two cupcakes in the Jets and the Giants, win those games, and then we lose to a bad Philadelphia Eagles team. You had to win the winnable games Mm -hmm. to survive while you wait for the team to get healthy and sitting two and two, especially when you have Seattle in the division and you have the Rams in the division and they're creating more space week by week and they both look like formidable playoff teams. But the fact that we're sitting here talking about Hopefully, defeating the Dolphins does not speak volumes. Yeah, yeah, that that uh that certainly sets a tone as to where the team currently is, and also moving forward. It's it's been brutal. It's, yeah, it's really been it's been brutal. So again, I think I'm just hoping for the best. I I'm just gonna make a prediction. I don't think Mullins is going to get it together. Yeah. Um, I really don't. I think he'll probably get pulled by the second quarter. That that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking earlier. That's what I'm yeah. thinking right now. Um, I just I don't think again too arrogant. I think he's too arrogant. I I had never seen Kyle that pissed off. I know we're kind of going backwards, and yeah. I know you love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had really never seen Kyle so angry. Yeah. I think I mentioned to Nick once. I was like, oh, I wish we could see his face. Yeah. Um, because obviously with the mask, because. I had never seen him so pissed off. Yeah, I mean, if if Jimmy drives Kyle crazy at times, oh gosh, can you imagine? And he's the golden boy. Yeah, can you imagine how he felt with Nick Mullins' performance in this game against the Eagles? Let's go around the league. Let's do that. Yeah, I've had enough talking it's about. Agita. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's just wrap up Week Four. We'll go through some scores real quick. So uh, the Thursday night game, we talked about that last week. The Broncos beat the Jets. Um, Snooze fest. Um, I do want to mention this. Shout out Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, getting his first win of his NFL career. Bengals beat the Jaguars 33-25. This was a very entertaining game right here. Uh, The Browns 49, Cowboys 38. Like I said, Odell Beckham with his best game as a Brown. Uh, I think he went for the tune of three touchdowns. Uh, like 150 yards from scrimmage. He threw for a touchdown. I didn't uh, realize he, how quick he was, like how agile. Like he, he, he moves very quickly. Yeah, he can move. Um, that was a highly entertaining game. Um, so, yeah, right here, three, three total touchdowns, 154 yards from scrimmage. And the Browns are 3-1 and one for the first time since 2001. So shout out the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Saints squeak one out against the Lions, 35-29. Uh, Seahawks continue to roll, 31-23. Dolphins gave them a scare for a bit there, but the Seahawks move on 4-0 right now. 
Uh, Buccaneers last week, 38-31 against the Chargers. Um, Bucks uh, had a great comeback in that game. Uh, on the other side, Justin Herbert looked fantastic. Uh, the Ravens cruised 31-17 to over Washington football team. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Did you say it? I did, All yeah. Right. I wanted to say the Redskins, but I'll just, I'll, I'll go with it. Okay. Uh, the Panthers beat the Cardinals 31-21. Um, they kind of just outgunned the Cardinals there. That one was a little surprising to me. Uh, in a matchup of 0-3 teams, which had some collateral damage after the outcome of this game, and I'll, I'll touch on that more later, the Vikings 31, Texans 23. Uh, the Rams survive a close one against the Giants. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, they win 17-9. to uh, This one, shout out the Indianapolis Colts. 19, Bears 11. The Colts continue to move forward in the right direction. Um, also, shout out Buffalo Bills. 4-0. They beat the Raiders 30-23. to uh, Our game we spoke on, Eagles 25, 49ers 20. And then the Monday night doubleheader, if you will. The Chiefs beat a Patriots team with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, 26-10. to And the Packers cruised to 4-0, beating the Falcons, 30-16. to Any thoughts? Not particularly. I got a couple. <laughs> um... So like I had mentioned, the battle of the 0-3 Texans and Vikings, I said there was some collateral damage, and there certainly was. Bill O'Brien out as Texans head coach and general manager. The writing was on the wall with this one after opening the season 0-4, coupling that with several questionable roster moves. This just had to happen. And the unfortunate thing is... He leaves a franchise just in complete disarray right now. I saw something that, aside from their limited draft capital, uh, capital, I'm sorry, they currently have the highest total salary in the NFL. Um, so that's that's going to be a major cleanup job. Whoever comes in next um, at head coach and general manager, um, it's unfortunate. This was a team that seemed like they were always just maybe on the cusp of elevating into a true you know, perennial play. They, they made the playoffs, but it, it looked like they were really moving in the right direction. Um, and now this is a team that's about to go through an essential rebuild in the best years of uh, Deshaun Watson's NFL career. I do have something to say now. Yes. <laughs> you know who I do feel sorry for uh, after he's, he was fired is the players because what what do they do now? I oh, mean, they were happy have, in this situation. Were they? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So when and who did they bring in? I know you, they just they at this point they've brought in an interim coach, Romeo Cornell. Uh, okay. He currently coached the defense. He's been the longtime defensive coordinator there so far with Bill O'Brien. Um, he's a guy who has tons of NFL experience. Uh, he's had a couple head coaching gigs along the way. He's a, he's a good football guy and a good man. So he'll coach out the rest of the year. You mentioned that to me that yeah. it's kind of looked down upon if you, if you sign somebody, is it, if you sign another, sign another. Coach? Yeah. So they wouldn't make a big splash higher right now. Also because they need to see how the season unfolds and who else gets fired. Um, whether it's it. somebody they want to pick from college or if it's another, 
um, you know, cast off in the NFL from another team. So, so the players were relieved. It seems so. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had kind of alienated himself and he oh. had a lot of personal rifts with players. Um, well, then I digress. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and him still have an ongoing oh. issue. Okay. He traded him to mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so yeah, it seemed like the the general temperature of the Houston Texans franchise was they were pretty happy, and this was a long overdue move. Okay, wow. And what about the Falcons coach? Yeah, so um, Dan Quinn, he could be next. Uh, the Falcons have yet to win a game. They're sitting zero and four right now, and they've had significant leads. They have, yeah. That's 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 going to be an issue. Um, that's that's going to have to be discussed and weighed um, as far as Falcons brass uh, owner Arthur Blank and uh, yeah they're they're sitting on four and Dan Quinn very well could be next. Mm-hmm. And do you think they'll wait to do that? Yeah, I, I've thought about that, and you know Arthur Blank seems like a very classy man. Um, he may let Dan Quinn ride this season out. Um, the Falcons are coming off seven and nine seasons the two previous years. So they expected this team to now move in the right direction mm. um, coming off those two seasons. And, you know, if this thing really gets off the rails for them, yeah, he may make the move. Um, but it's a possibility, knowing what I do know about Arthur Blank, is he may let him ride out this season. But um, Dan Quinn is essentially a dead man walking in Atlanta. Wow. All right, so week five preview. Uh, we'll go around the league. We'll sprinkle some analysis and picks of a few games that we highlighted off the schedule. Uh, let's start with Buffalo at Tennessee. Um, from what I gather, this game has been moved to Tuesday, Tuesday. night now. Um, that's a shame because this, this is the game I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this. And I gotta say it, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I've been saying it all year thus far. Get used to the Bills sticking around. They are for real. Um, on the other side, for the Titans, I like Coach Mike Vrabel a lot. Um, we have to keep in mind their 3-0 records against all very lesser opponents. Um, and there's just something to be said about what's going on within their organization with the COVID outbreak and having a week off. And now there's talk about possible punishment being handed down from the NFL for violating protocols. It's not good. Um, I trust Vrabel's ability to rally his guys, but I don't think this is the opponent for all that. Love the Bills here, especially in this spot. And uh, be prepared to watch this team deep into the playoffs this year. Okay, I have the Bills as well. Do we know who who we picked this? I, I don't think I know who you picked. No. Okay, no. great. I have I have the Bills as well. All right, um, Raiders at Chiefs. Um, here here's the thing: the Raiders are desperate to renew this divisional rivalry, um, but I, I expect the Chiefs to roll in fairly large fashion, uh, especially after a lackluster showing on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs, that, that game stayed close for too long, uh, especially against a Brian Hoyer-led Patriots team. Uh, the Raiders just can't stop a nosebleed on defense right now. They're giving up 33 po- points per game over the past two losses. 
Not a good recipe with the Chiefs looming. Um, I expect the Chiefs in this one, and it very well could get ugly. As well, Chiefs. Chiefs. So here's one where I, in fact, know we do differ. Um, yes. Colts versus Browns. Uh, <laughs> you got the Browns on a high note after their win against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but with no Nick Chubb here and an ascending Indianapolis Colts team that is playing some very good football. You have really been riding for the Colts this season. I have. Um, and most notably on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I like the Colts to control this game and notch the W. They're just quietly playing good football. And uh, yeah, I like the Colts here. And I, I think the Browns are just getting a little too much value. You think I'm putting too much value on the Browns? No, I think the, the consensus uh, for the Browns here. You know, they're coming off that, that win against the Cowboys. Well, it's Jack. Yeah, they're coming off that win against the Cowboys. And eh. I, I, yeah, I mean, eh. the Browns scored a lot of points. Right. But it's the Cowboys. It is the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense is pitiful, but the Cowboys have a good offense. They score a lot of points. So I'm uh, going with Chief Keith's baby mama side piece. <laughs> OBJ, Browns, all right. Okay. Um, Vikings at Seahawks, Sunday night football. Uh, what Vikings team are we going to get? What Kirk Cousins are we going to get? Um, he's playing probably some of the worst football as a starting quarterback goes so far this season. Um, I feel like these two teams have played each other quite a bit over years past, especially in primetime games. Uh, it's just really tough to pick against Seattle right now, giving, even given their glaring weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. May come back to hurt them later in the season in a bigger spot. But right now, Russell Wilson just looks like a world beater, and I expect him to cruise here. Also, this is another one that could get ugly. That's Sunday night, correct? Is Sunday that... night game. Okay. Yeah, no, I have the Seahawks, obviously. Um, you know how I feel about Metcalf, even though it, it hurts to say anything yeah. positive about, about the Seahawks. But I think um, Russ and, and Metcalf are just kind of unstoppable. But then again, <laughs> the Dolphins kind of gave them a run for their money last weekend. So it's kind of... It's they kind did, of, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a grab bag. I mean, everybody has their day. So, But I do have the Seahawks down. All right, Monday Night Football, Chargers at Saints. Um, I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. I've been saying it for a few weeks, so much so I even had to call out head coach Anthony Lynn about it. And I'm happy to say he has now been named the official starter. Um, but, but, I think the story here is... And my belief is the Saints are a bit better than their 2-2 two and two record shows. Um, and I think the Chargers are just simply the lesser team here. So despite my guy Justin Herbert having a great game last week against Tom Brady and the Bucks, I like the Saints to win here. And that's who I'm going with. I'm going with the Chargers. You know I've been kind of rooting for them all year. You have. Um, you know I love the Bosa family. Yes. Love Joey Bosa. A wealthy Joey Bosa this year. Indeed. Um, I do. And plus, you introduced me to Hard Knocks. So when I, when I, you know, stick with a, with one team that I'd like to see go, and if it's not the 49ers, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Chargers. So I'm going Chargers, even though, um, you know, they're the underdog. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Good, bad, ugly. The good, the <laughs> bad, the ugly. <laughs> Yes. You say um, it much more emphatically than I do. <laughs> um, I'll start. Um, I just mentioned it briefly before. 
My good, um, shout out Justin Herbert, officially named the starting quarterback for the Chargers, much deserved. Um, it's an unfortunate turn of events for Tyrod Taylor, uh, losing his job by way of an injury at the hands of the medical staff. Needless to say, I'm excited to see Justin Herbert. Uh, he's an exciting young player, and like I've said, this is a better team with him at the helm. The Justin Herbert era has begun. So that is my good. My good is my elite rookie, Ayuk, who made an unbelievable touchdown this week as he basically air Jordan over was, Marcus That was such Epps. an awesome play. Um, he's just, I, I can't say it enough. He is so fun to watch. He is just blossoming. New dad, just elite, like rookie of the week yeah. last week. Um, again, as I mentioned, just in our home team advantage segment, that the only people, the only players that I thought that were consistent again were Kittle and Ayuk. But Ayuk is just endless potential, endless possibility, and I hope we can still afford him when his contract. Yeah, ends so out. I mean, at least at least we got him for the next you know four to five years. Right. But he just looks very polished for a rookie, mm-hmm. and uh, he came from Arizona, Arizona State. Okay, and um, I couldn't be more happy with the the draft pick um of him. I mean, he that just, was just unbelievable, though. Yeah that that play was incredible. Um, I jumped up from my seat. I was screaming, celebrating on that play. Yeah, I well, I had never seen anything like it, it considering I'm, I'm fairly new to my second season. Okay, so that's my good. Ayuk, shout out Ayuk for actually playing football. Yeah, shout all out, right. shout out Brandon Ayuk, love him. Um, all right, so my bad. Um, I feel like I got to go like put the the cowboy hat on that Stephen A. Smith wears. Oh my gosh, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna put on my cowboy hat because I have some interesting little fun facts <laughs> to present. I stole your wave. Um, you did. So my bad, the Dallas Cowboys defense. Stephen, Stephen A is my guy. He is your guy. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys defense. And I need you to listen to me clearly when I say this. Who are you talking to? Everybody. I was going to say. Everybody. <laughs> this is a real projection, and it's based on historical statistics. This current Dallas Cowboys defense is on pace right now to be the worst defense in NFL history. In NFL history! I wish we could laugh like Stephen A. right now. Oh, I know. I wish I could, like, plug in his laugh right now. I know. We're new podcasters. We'll yeah, have to learn we'll have to that. figure that out. All like... right. So let me give you my fun cowboy fact. Okay. What is this? America's team? Yes. Okay, I'm putting on my Stephen A. cowboy hat. And I have my cigar. The Cowboys now, one and three... Had the worst record through four games since 2010. 146 points allowed, most through four games in franchise history. Oof. Big, <laughs> big oof. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's bad. Um, it, it, they're ranking near the league bottom in several defensive categories, and they're just giving up a boatload of points the most points out of all 32 nfl teams and you have a team with super bowl aspirations they hire mike nolan as defensive coordinator it was comical no seriously i laughed when it was first (laughs) announced um this guy's been a bum every stop along the way and you're seeing an exceptionally talented defense just get absolutely waxed four weeks through the season 
And I gotta say, it's been enjoyable to watch. Now, like, just a little plug for episode two. We did go over why Dak Prescott is such a big deal in the media Mm -hmm. and over America, so... Yeah, I mean, their offense is getting it done collectively. They're scoring Mm -hmm. a fair amount of points, but their defense is just, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. 146 points allowed (laughs) most through four games in franchise history. It's it's bad. History. Yeah, it's it's bad. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) Steven, call in. (laughs) He's my favorite. Um, The ugly. Um... The ugly that you didn't that give me my bad. You didn't do your. I thought that was. I thought that was your bad right there. I thought we had the same. The Dallas Cowboys. No, no, defense. no. That was just a plug. Oh, it was a plug. That was just a plug. Oh, that my, was just a. That was my, just my plug. Oh, my mistake. My bad is just the San Francisco. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll co-sign that. So there's just where I just don't want to. You know, that was my good and also my bad. I you shout out, but bad 49ers across the board. Mm-hmm. Dreadful. I'm so sad about it, but you have to co-sign it. Yeah, it's been right. painful. Ugly. Okay. Um, this is u- where we, uh, this is what we. Oh, okay. Um, my ugly is, simply put, um, COVID-19 is just really threatening the longevity and survival of this NFL season. You're already seeing the schedule being juggled around. You have the Broncos and Patriots moved to Monday night, and now the Titans and Bills moved to Tuesday. Uh, like I said, the, the Titans, like I said it before, the Titans are, they're, they're in the crosshairs of the league office now, uh, for violating protocols and facing punishment now, possibly, uh, all in all, it's just a concerning situation moving forward and hopefully the league as a whole can persevere and we can continue the ability to enjoy football on Sunday, Mondays and Thursdays. But if there was ever a season... To end. To forget about? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It would it would be this one yeah. for sure. And I do um I do think that they were they were making a huge deal out of Mahomes, like their, their golden child, the NFL, because he hugged He had interaction he, with Stephon Gilmore who has COVID. Now, obviously, who we made mention of on last week's episode, Brittany, uh Patrick Mahomes fiance, pregnant fiance. I mean, you have to be worried about her too, and and I yeah. do think I do I do feel for the women that have children and their, um, their husbands are or spouses, significant others are still playing. Uh, it's something even if you don't think it's a big deal, you kind of have to think it's a big deal. You know, yeah. we we went through it. I yeah, was, indeed. Um, I was pregnant with our daughter all throughout. Uh, the pandemic and you know we were still kind of quarantined yeah um a little bit less we're a little bit more lenient now since since she's getting older but um i do feel i do feel badly or i feel for them um just by having to make that decision yeah no understandable and i agree like you said we we went through it to some degree also with you know pregnancy and And whether you buy into it whether you don't whether you want to wear a mask whether you don't want to wear a mask i don't particularly give a shit that's your that's your right i don't care but you know sometimes you just have no other option but to but to buy into it even if you don't yeah um so i do i do feel i feel for them and i feel for the choice that they have to make agreed um all right let's move on the juice our picks against the spread for the week. Oof. I'm coming off yet 
another <laughs> abysmal one and two showing last week. Uh, don't don't bring me to Vegas. Uh, don't uh, don't refer to me in any way as Jimmy the Greek. Um, however, you went two out of three. I did go two. Out so of three. nice work on those picks. Thanks, babe. Right? Good job. Babe. I feel like I feel like you're gonna get me next week though, because I, I mean we'll see. I don't know. Um, all right, so here we go this week. I uh, petty pick though. I petty pick. I don't. I if I if I like a certain team, I'll go with them, even if even if uh, you know I know they're they're, they're probably not gonna win. I'll yeah. I'll still go with them. All right. So don't bring me to Vegas either. <laughs> I just have to get really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Here's my first pick. I'm going with the Colts. Favored a point and a half versus the Browns. Uh, taking the Colts in this spot. I like them here a lot. feel like the Browns are getting just a little too much value off their win against the Cowboys last week. No Nick Chubb for Cleveland, so I expect their run game to be neutralized a bit. Give me the Colts, one of the quiet but hottest teams in the league, and I'll lay the one and a half. Can I buy you a Colts shirt, baby? No, 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 no. Just... <laughs> No. Uh, I have the Browns plus one and a half against the Colts. Okay, so you're on the other side. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right, so we do have some juice on that game. We here. do. Um, I feel like this happened last episode also, and here we go again. So you have the Cowboys, nine and a half point favorites against the Giants. Uh, there's not much analysis needed here for me. I hate to say it about a classic and historically important franchise like the New York Football Giants, but they've now been rendered to the team I pick against every week pretty much regardless of the Mm -hmm. spread. So Cowboys here and the 9.5 points, you got to think the Cowboys got to be able to to outscore the Giants by 9.5 points. Saquon Barkley's out. It's a ton of chalk to take, or a ton of chalk to lay, but I'm going with the Cowboys here. Really? Yes, begrudgingly. Oh. oh, see, I'm a petty picker. Okay, um, I'm going Cardinals favored seven and a half Jets. Okay, I like that one. I've I, always picked the Cardinals. I think uh, in our contenders, pretenders, uh, in our first episode, I picked the Cardinals. They've proven me a bit wrong. They're um, coming back to reality, but a I do, bit. I do, I do like the way they play. I um, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, my final pick. You have the Rams, seven and a half point favorites against the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Uh, I'm I'm going with another favorite here. Uh, I'll probably regret this as a whole. I didn't find a lot of underdog value this week. Uh, the Rams gotta be better than a touchdown and some change against Washington. Uh, they've scored thirty plus in two out of their last three games. And Washington hasn't scored 30-plus since February. Um, <laughs> I know another favorite. I'll lay the chalk again. I'll take the Rams, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, I am uh, I'm going Chargers getting eight points against the Saints. Okay. I'm taking the Chargers again. I'm, I'm, a, I'm both, both, a, both a family fan. So um, I know that's probably, again, petty pick. So are the Browns, so are the Cardinals, but those are my picks, and I'm hoping some prevail. I have, I believe I have two, do I have two underdogs? Two underdogs. You do, yeah. I have two underdogs. The, uh, the Browns, the Browns and, and the Chargers. And the Chargers. Yeah. 
Obviously, the new yeah. So, I think you'll do much better next week. I think I think my picks are are not good. We'll see. I have <laughs> no confidence in my picks at this point. Um, I'm just kind of <laughs> hoping to to catch lightning in a bottle and get going here before I get too underwater. Um, and that is the juice. And that also is another episode in the books. Episode three, the quarter. Uh, it was a pleasure yet again doing another podcast episode with not only my best friend, but my beautiful wife. Um, Thanks for listening to me talk for an hour. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not used to that or anything. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you a Colts fan if you say um, that. Never that. No, um, also, shout out you. I know you're not feeling too well. Grinded through the episode. Shout out you too. You had a rough beginning of the week. Yeah. All um, right. We did, persevered. You did fantastic. Also, shout out all our fans, friends, family, supporters. Yeah. Um, We've gotten really cool feedback. We have, and we love that. Um, we've been so, kind of like chopping it up a lot with people on Instagram and we have, um, it's been really fun. So I just, I think this is something really fun that we can do together and we really just enjoy talking about, I, I hear a lot of, you know, people tell us like, Oh, you guys just sound so natural. And it's because we kind of just, well, we just, we take talk, a break we, we and talk a lot. Yeah. We talk a lot and we just talk to each other and it's, it's kind of like, uh, almost like a date night. So it's pretty cool. It is. It's cool. It's cool. And plus, you know, I get to spend my Sundays now watching Sunday, Sunday ticket. And, and uh, you said this past weekend, you were like, it was so much fun watching football. Because I finally got red zone. When you don't, when you are learning the ins and outs of, of football, Red zone is the absolute, if you are ever trying to teach your wife, your girl, your fiance, I don't, your significant other about football, don't put on red zone at first because it's so confusing. It's, but this is the, like really one of the first Sundays that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for seven commercial free hours. (laughs) This is so fun. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was really cool when you said that too. I, uh. Yeah, it was fun. It was, so it's something that we kind of just do together. And, um, it's really awesome that people actually listen (laughs) to us. I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, the NFL and, and sports to a lesser degree, but especially the NFL, the way it just brings people together. Uh, you know, you can debate hot topics, um, and it's just a, a great product to watch. Yeah, so that leads me into something. We're on Instagram. It's also in our in our outro, but it's I didn't quite catch that. So if you have a topic you want us to touch on, or you have a thought about something, you can always DM us, slide in the DM. Mm-hmm. That's how I met my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'd always love to get feedback. We always kind of like to interact with other people because once again, I love to talk. <laughs> so, all right. I think that wraps up. Yeah. Episode so three. yeah, we'll wrap that up. Episode three, the quarter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the games this weekend. And that's it. That's a wrap. We're out. We're out. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to I Didn't Quite Catch That. Make sure to subscribe to catch our latest episodes. You can also link up with us on Instagram at I Didn't Quite Catch That for news and highlights of what's to come on next week's episode.